Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Bonnie Giller, a registered dietitian, entrepreneur, author, and speaker who believes in smart eating for a healthy life and body you love. Bonnie and I were connected through one of my past guests, Krista Udalowski, who is episode 68 on the new release of Bonnie's latest book, Enjoying Food Peace, which has amazing recipes for intuitive eating wisdom to nourish your body and your mind. During our conversation, you can hear the passion Bonnie has for being a registered dietitian, helping others along their health journeys, and creating resources to help clients as well as other registered dietitians. Please enjoy my conversation with Bonnie. us, which I think is wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love Krista and I obviously you're working with her. So that's great. Right. But um, I'm excited just, you know, we've never encountered each other in any other way. So this is all new to me and you're all new to me. So I'm excited to learn more about you today. So let me, let's go back and start a little bit um, earlier, earliest of your career. When did you kind of think about being a dietitian and when did that kind of get on your radar? Mm. So it's really interesting. I never really thought about being a dietitian, but I've been, I went to, I was in college and it was probably, let's say my second semester. I'm talking a lot of years ago, by the way. So I'm, <laughs> I'm in business and private practice now, 32 plus years. As okay. is it crazy as that sounds to me. Yeah. So back when I was in college, we didn't, um, you know, register for classes on the computer or anything like that, right? It was all open this big book and just look at the listing of classes and, you know, annually try to fill your schedule. So one, one I think it must have been my second semester or third semester, I forget, but I had an opening in my in my class schedule and I was like, oh, what am I going to put in there? And I was like, you know what? I, I just, I can't keep looking. I'm opening the book. I'm just going to twirl my finger in the air, close my eyes and wherever my finger lands, bam, that's what I'm going to take. And I did that. And I landed on a, on a class in the, what was called at the time home economics department. And it was more like um, an industrialized food service type class. And I was like, okay, sounds pretty cool. Sounds interesting. Let me take it. And I loved it. I just loved it. And I, I couldn't believe how engaged I was in it. And I was like, wow, I wonder what this department has in terms of majors, right? What are the other courses? And that's when I started to explore and I saw a nutrition. And I was like, huh, nutrition. So I took a general nutrition class for non-majors and absolutely just loved it. And then slowly but surely, I said, I, I think I want to major in nutrition. And that's kind of how the interest began in nutrition. Oh, my gosh. I know, is- right? That is very unique story because I mean, just on a whim, you just took a class that kind of got you in the door and then nutrition became an interest to you. Exactly. Exactly. Where did you go to school at? I did my undergrad at Queens College in New York. Okay. I went on to pursue my master's. I started my master's at NYU, New York University. At that time, I was doing more of the business track because when I completed my bachelor's at Queens College in nutrition, it was more, it was not the registered dietitian track at the time. I had said, no, I don't want, I want to work in a hospital. That's just not what I want to do. I want to do more in the business. And so I had taken some fieldwork experience in a public relation firm and I got involved in food photography and food styling and writing, um, like media proposals and things of that nature. And I just loved it. And I, and I, even though like my mom was chirping in my ear throughout college, I think you should go for the RD. You never know where that can take you. And I'm like, no, ma, that's nearly not what I want. <laughs> and so I did. And then I started my master's um, at NYU on a business track, which is really what I thought I wanted to do. But then I was newly married and um, then I got pregnant with my first child. And then I was thinking, you know what? I don't know, like, you know, being in PR around food, like there's a lot of deadlines that are really stressful. I was noticing that because I was doing some internships and and there's a lot of traveling that the people that I was doing, like in the PR firms that I was in, you know, a lot of traveling people are doing. And I'm like, I just don't know if that's what I want to do because I do want to have a family and mm-hmm. about how to balance that all. And so 
I then decided, well, then I, then I, you know, I took a, a semester or so off, had my baby and then made the decision, you know what? I am going to go back to school to finish the um, didactic program. So take the courses that I had not taken in undergrad to get the didactic pro- program completed. So I could then go into an internship program. And so I did that at the same time I was taking master level courses and I just switched gears and went, um, did a master's in clinical nutrition and then um, went on to do an internship. At the time, it really wasn't even called the DI. It was an AP4 program. So I'm not really sure if you um, were around at that time, but AP4 stood for approved pre-professional practice program, which by all really, it was the same thing as the DI is today, structured just a little bit differently. And um, so I did that and then went on to work in the hospitals for many years. And that's initially you didn't really want to work in the hospital. I didn't. But once I <laughs> once I got married, started having a family and I realized that I wanted flexibility in my schedule and I didn't want to travel. Um, I just I realized that the, the business track wasn't really the right thing for me. And then I did start to have that interest, um, you know, in clinical. So it was really it was interesting, you know, time when you're in different seasons of your life, things are different. Right. So, as sure. I'm, you know, married and having children, just my priorities shifted a little bit. And um, absolutely, yeah, I mean, I do love the business side of things because I am in private practice now for many, 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 many years. So, um, you know, you, you really there's a lot of business. You don't even learn everything you need to know to run a private practice. You just you don't even learn when when you're in school, at least not when I was in school. But. I don't think even really even now it's not very right. much talked about. So right, that's true. Have to, I do have dietetic interns that I mentor. Do um, you? I do. Yeah, I love it. I have um, nutrition students who uh, come to do some interning in my office before they apply for the academy internship program. So this it gives them a lot of experience. It gives them exposure um, to how to run a business and just to a different a different aspect of nutrition and dietetics and it makes their application very competitive, which is really nice for them. I love that. That's awesome yeah. that you open your doors for that. Cause I think it, oh. it's definitely something that needs to happen and be out there for, for people that are thinking about becoming a dietitian, if it's something that they want to do. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. I love it. You know, I have, so every year I'm like looking for new interns. And so some of my friends say, honey, you know, why don't you just hire a little old lady who could sit behind the desk and, you know, <laughs> I don't, you know, she's retired from her whatever job and she just wants to help you. And I'm like, I don't want that. Um, I really want to mentor and I want to just, you know, be involved in helping somebody get their career off the ground. And I just love it. I, I do. So every year I go through that process of, um, you know, finding new interns and training them and just mentoring them through the year and then help them um, with their application into the Academy DI. So. Oh, you're awesome. If I would have knew about you, I would have wanted to, I would have moved to New York and Ah, came to, well, to intern with you. I do actually have some virtual intern positions too. So anybody out there, if you're in New York, get a hold of me, contact me. If you're virtual, you want some experience. I do have some virtual interns that do some things for me as well. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. So well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But like, so how did you, so you did clinical when you were raising your family and did you... <laughs> You, how did you kind of come around to liking clinical? Like, did it surprise you? Was it something that you kind of found certain areas that actually interest you? How did that work for you? Yeah. So I started as a clinical dietitian, just really pretty much um, seeing general, um, the general medical floors. And I will say that I had a private practice on the side throughout my years doing my clinical experiences in the hospitals, working in hospital, because I would say I started my private practice um, really early on, um, even before I actually finished my uh, internship experience, because at the time I did, I like, put a, I created a section in my apartment. I had, like, I was married with only one child at the time. I had a pretty big apartment. So we sectioned off one area. I put a little desk and a file cabinet. And my first client was my aunt. And my second <laughs> was my um, cousin. And then all of a sudden, their friends were coming. And 
I had a waiting list. It was crazy, but I was not doing nutrition therapy because I had not finished my internship yet. I didn't feel like that was the right thing for me to do. Um, I was really doing, and I do cringe when I say this now because I don't push weight loss right now, but I was doing like weight loss, helping people to lose weight. Um, but, but really I look at it as general nutrition and healthy so I did always have a private practice, um, but when I um, actually got my first job in the hospital after I graduated from the internship, I actually moved out to Long Island and I created a small office space in my office, in my home. And that's when I started to see like outside people would come, even people, I used to live in Brooklyn before I moved to Long Island and I would have um clients from Brooklyn actually traveled to Long Island to continue to see me. And slowly uh-huh. my practice started building and I was doing it in the evening. So I'd come home from the hospital, I'd have dinner, I'd see my kids, and then I would just go right into the office and work till very, very late. I mean, when I was younger, I was able to do that. Not so much now. I don't even <laughs> want to do that now. Um, and I would also work on Sundays. So, you know, when you're younger and you're starting out, you do what you got to do, right? Um, mm-hmm. And we did. And I moved pretty quickly from clinical dietitian to assistant nutrition, um, clinical nutrition manager, and then into the um, chief dietitian or clinical nutrition manager role for a very long time at Jamaica Hospital, um, which is a major large teaching facility in New York. And I was, again, running the nutrition department, the clinical department, and then doing my practice on the side for many, many years. And when I had my third child, I said, okay, enough. I said, I need to, I need to strike a better balance here. And I was never giving up my practice. So I decided to leave my clinical um, manager position. But at the time I wasn't working for the hospital. I was working for a contract management company. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Sodexo. Yeah. Yes. So I started with Sodexo when they were Marriott and then they merged with Sodexo to become Sodexo Marriott. And then they eventually dropped the Marriott and then they were Sodexo. So that's who I was working with, which is really a very big plus because I, when I left the um, dietitian, the manager role, it wasn't like, okay, I'm just on my own. But Sodexo said to me, listen, don't leave the company. We have a part-time position um, available for you if you choose to interview for it. And I'm like, well, what would that be? And it was being the dietetic internship director because Sodexo has an internship program. So being the director for the internship for the New York metro area. And I was like, okay, what's involved? I went for the interview. There were several candidates, but I was luckily the one to receive the position. I was really excited about it. And that was supposed to be a part-time job. So what I ended up doing is working the internship director position, um, quote unquote, part time. I'll tell you why I say quote unquote in a minute, but part time. And then I had my office in Long Island, but I decided why? Because I just like to always pile my plate really high. I decided to open an office back in Brooklyn because I did have clients from Brooklyn from years prior. I said, when are you coming back to Brooklyn? So I said, okay. And so I rented space in a doctor's office. Um, and so now I was traveling to Brooklyn first, it started out once a week. Then I had my office here in Long Island, like two or three times a week. And then the other days, however many are left, I was doing the internship program. Um, and that was really, it was crazy. Let me say, but, um, I want to mention that you said, asked me before about, you know, what did I learn and what areas of dietetics? I tell you when I first started working in the hospitals, that was the best experience ever. Even though, you know, I originally thought I didn't want to work in the hospital. You learn only so much in a classroom. And even in the dietetic internship, you're still learning. But when you're on that first job, you learn so much, right? Like that on the job training. And when students come to me now and say, Bonnie, I want to go into private practice. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. Um, but I do recommend working in a hospital or a clinical setting for a while because you see things, you learn things. So you just didn't get in the classroom or even in the internship. You know, what mm-hmm. I that? I don't know. That's what I thought. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I, there's so many things that you would have never known about, even if you read it in a textbook, unless you experienced it, it wouldn't have sunk in, I don't think. Totally. Right. So I'm so glad that I did that clinical experience and, you know, both as a dietitian managing the floors as well as the manager role, because I really learned a great, great deal, which really helped me in my private practice. And so then it was a while I was doing like all three things for a long time, but the dietetic internship position really was not part time. It really was a full time thing and it got bigger and it grew and it was great. Like I said, I love probably where my love for mentoring students comes from because I just love Mm -hmm. my Really, it was great. 
Um, but at, there was like a point in my life when I was like, all right, I need a, I really need to make a decision because um, I think by then I probably had a fourth child. And I was <laughs> like, my housekeeper is really raising my children. And I'm like, because I was out of the house quite a bit. And, mm-hmm. I, and then truthfully, the, what really made me kind of pull the plug on the internship job is because um, I had a close friend who passed away from pancreatic cancer and it was, it was, she was sick for a while, but it was still really quick and she left four children behind and she was young and it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I remember that night going to sleep and I, and I said to my husband, I just don't know. I think, I think I'm finally going to leave the internship. I was toying with it for a little while, but that just, like, that was the final straw. You know, I was like, what am I doing? I need to be a mom to my kids and, so I ended up leaving the internship position. But really, that was so hard because I had such great relationships with, you know, the company and then all of the staff and the nutrition team at every hospital that I had interns. And really, I have to say, I still keep in touch with so many of them today, which is really nice. Um, but then I, I juggled my two locations, my two offices, the one in Brooklyn and the one here in Long Island. And then eventually, I really just gave up Brooklyn because my practice was building and again, you know, I didn't want to travel anymore. So I gave up the Brooklyn office and uh, I just work out of Long Island now. But I also have an online practice. Um, so I, I have offline where people come into the office who are local. And then I have the online uh, practice. So I see people from all across the country and other countries. Actually, That's wonderful. So how, is it, do you feel like most of your patients, is it pretty balanced or most of your patients online or are they in person for you? Oh, that's such a really great question. Um, I will say that it shifts depending on the season and I'm not sure why necessarily, but um, <laughs> it does, it does shift. And I think it also is definitely based on how much, um, I want to say work, but how much effort I put into the online business. Because when I first started my online business, I was doing lots of live launches and lots of webinars and all of those things. And that's when I was definitely getting more clientele um, from the online Um, because I wasn't focusing as much as marketing offline, but it got interesting. You know, I'm not a big lover of doing these launches online. I find them to be very stressful. Yeah. Oh, I did. I did try to pull back a little bit on that. Um, And then I started in this last year, starting in January, I started doing some more local marketing to physicians because I have a a lot of great relationships with doctors in the area. And so I've just done some more marketing to them. And then I started to see a greater increase in referrals. So right now, currently, um, I would say I have a larger percentage of my patients and clients are offline. Um, but I certainly have a nice amount online that are sticking with me. I have different programs and a membership program. So we're constantly doing this online as well. Do you have a preference on how you like to see your clients? Mm, another great question. Um, <laughs> so I really do love both. So I, I don't have a preference. I think the best for me is when I have a day where I have a mix of both. Like it does get really tiring when I have in the office back to back to back to back to back. And then I have Mm -hmm. being in the waiting room and that gives me a lot of anxiety. Like I don't like sitting. And um, so when I have like an in in person and then my next session might be on a Zoom call and then it's an in person and then a Zoom or it doesn't always work like that. But if I have a mix, which is really what most of my days are like, actually, now that you asked me the question and I'm stopping to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love those days the most, actually. I do when I have kind of a good variety, like variety, yeah. kind of mix it up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then in between all of that, I'll do some Facebook lives. I'm currently teaching. I have my membership program. It's, in, it's called Intuitive Eating Mastery Circle. And it's a membership program of uh, clients who've worked with me through my intuitive eating program or um, they've gone through a group program that I had done or whatever. They just need support and practice with intuitive eating. So I have this membership program and um, I'm constantly creating new trainings for them and coming into Facebook lives. And I'm right now running a body image healing live course with them. So every two weeks we meet on Zoom and I teach and I love that also. It's just great. So there's a lot of combination of everything. Right. You do. And that's what I love about when I was looking at your website, you have those different, like you have programs on 
vibrant living, you have intuitive eating, you have diabetes. So are those kind of like your your passions that you've kind of developed over the years and that's what you kind of developed? Because I see that you have your CDE and you're also a certified mm-hmm. intuitive eating practitioner as well. Yes, exactly. So diabetes actually has been a very big interest of mine for many, many years. And so I did get that CDE credential back in, I think it was even 95, it was a long time ago. Um, and I do love helping people really manage their diabetes and blood sugars and so forth. And what's really exciting for me about that is I see how my philosophies have changed over the years. And um, in the years, years ago, when I would help people with their diabetes, it meant me creating like a quote unquote meal plan for them and, you know, eat like this and your blood sugars will be great and all that stuff. Right. And it it was great because they, if they followed the recommendations, it, it did work, but more in the most in the last i'm going to say 8 years i shifted a lot of my philosophy into more of the intuitive eating and weight neutral approach to care um mm-hmm. which i absolutely love and i've taken so so really what i first did is i took the intuitive eating um training and i applied intuitive eating into my life and then i switched up how i work with my clients and so you know, if people want to say, call me money, I want to lose weight. I'm not going to work with them on weight loss. I will, depending on their history. So if they're a chronic dieter and they've got a really strong diet mentality, I'm going to <clears throat> suggest the intuitive eating work where we really work on shifting their mindset, learning how to attune to their inner signals again, and really regain that trust in their body. So that's the work that I'll do. Now, if weight comes off, it comes off, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me. I always say that, um, you know, weight loss is not a behavior. It's an outcome of habit and behavior change. So um, I've taken that approach to now my diabetes work because once I stopped doing meal plans for people, telling <sighs> people, eat this in this time, in this amount, right? Like yes. do this. I don't really know when your belly is telling you you're hungry or how much it needs, right? <laughs> um, so I stopped doing that. And um, but then I realized, well, my diabetes patients, I'm still doing that. It just, it didn't jive. It, was, it wasn't feeling right. So I ended up taking a course on weight neutral diabetes education. And I totally changed the way I teach um, diabetes management now. And let me tell you something. It has been the best shift ever. I am now teaching people not to say eat it like this and your blood sugars will be good. It's now let's understand what's happening in your body with insulin and some resistance. Like let's really get into that and show you that there are so many variables aside from food that affect your blood sugar levels. Let's understand that. Let me empower you to be able to know when you see a number like this or like that, high or low, what might be the cause and what might be some strategies for you. And I created this four month program and the results have been amazing and people are loving it and they're feeling empowered. And I am now loving it so much more than say, here's a meal plan, right? Yeah. Meal plans are exhausting, exhausting for you and they're exhausting for your clients. But I love that approach with the diabetes because I think it, I feel like they always are so intimidated by that diagnosis first and foremost, and then how they're going to have to take everything out of their lives and they're not Mm going to be able to eat anything. But if you're talking to them more of like understanding what's going on, I feel like they're going to resonate with that much more. Totally. And also because doctors will say, okay, your blood sugar is high, lose weight and it'll come down. Like I just had yesterday from somebody, she calls me and she says she has prediabetes. The doctor said, lose 20 pounds and you'll be fine. And she's like, no, I don't diet anymore. Thank God she answered that way. Um, (laughs) But she's like, okay, so aside from those 20 pounds, he had nothing else to tell me. I said, well, I have plenty that I could teach you. So that's good. Um, So that was really great. So yeah, diabetes is a love. Um, and then in general, nutrition education is still a love. And I had to figure out how can I teach people about nutrition without falling back onto the diet bandwidth, right? So it was like, um, I sat down with myself and I said, okay, sometimes people will call me and they don't have a diet mentality and they don't need the deep dive intuitive eating work, but they still need to learn about nutrition. So how do I do that without creating a meal plan? And that's when I created this um, five-step nutrition pillar program that I have. I feel like when I create programs, people really love that because it's like, okay, there's structure to this, right? And I'm not going to weigh you. And it's not about the number on the scale. Did I lose weight this week? Did I not lose this week? And they, and they, and so now I teach them really, I have 10 pillars of nutrition and which I teach them on each session. And it's just, it's a great, great way. And of course, I always touch on intuitive eating and hunger and fullness signals because that's just a passion of mine. Um, 
Yeah, so I have the diabetes program. I have the nutrition pillar system education program. I've got the intuitive eating work. Um, that is truly, those are my passions. Um, I do IBS work with the FODMAPs. You probably saw that as well. Yeah. Um, that came out of a need because I just was getting, I have several um, gastroenterologists in the area that refer patients to me. And mm -hmm. um, it was just so many people with IBS or SIBO. And I said, you know, I have to get skilled at the FODMAPs. So I do that. Um, I'm not going to sit, sit here and say that's my passion, right? But it, it's very sure. interesting. But it is it is very satisfying when um, people's symptoms resolve and they really have more freedom around eating. So I, I have to say that I, I do love it. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. So right. over right. the years, I've really like targeted the work that I do. So those are my four main areas that I really um, I work with. And that's a lot of areas to cover for all the people that you're seeing and helping. It is. And, you know, I will say, though, that the um, like a theme covering all of those four different areas is really intuitive eating and weight neutral care and, and helping people really regain what I call whole body trust. So where you're trusting in your mind. So your thoughts and beliefs around food and choices that you make, you're trusting in your in your hunger, so hunger trust, which is where your signals, you know, your body gives you signals. Is that a physical hunger? Is that um, an emotional hunger? Distinguishing distinguishing between the two. And then finally, food trust, you know, trusting the choices that I make for myself, um, that they're the right choices for me because, you know, I, I'm mindful, I'm intuitive, I'm feeling it, you know, and I'm able to make decisions versus somebody else always telling me what to eat. And so right. those three pillars of whole body trust, really kind of go across all of the, the work. It's diabetes. It's learning when my blood sugars are high, how is that feeling, right? And it, it's really trusting what my body's telling me. It's same thing with the IBS treatment. Um, it's in general with, with nutrition and fueling my body. And then, of course, it's the deeper intuitive work. I love that's so great. I love it. And, and so on top of all that, you also do speaking engagements and you're an author. So talk to me about how you fit all of that in as well and how you've been doing those two things. Yeah. I mean, speaking, I just, I mean, I think you could tell I'm talking a lot. Sorry about that. I just want to know this is about you. So. <laughs> Once I get started, like when I talk about my passions and it's just so funny because if we go to a social function or something and my I'm talking, someone comes over and they're, oh, hi, nice to meet you. What do you do for a living? My daughters, if they're standing there, they're like, oh, no, how long do you have? <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> so it's just so funny. But um, so, yeah, sometimes like um, local organizations or um, like women's groups, things like that will contact me to come do some talks, um, sometimes for a corporation. Um I had a contract with one, um, like a local corporation to come in and do a series of lunch and learn seminars. Um, it, it, it's, it's a lot, right? So I have some presentations that I've put together. I'm actually just updating them now. And I do have interns that, that really do assist. So if I want to update a presentation, I have them do some of the research, right? Um, and work with me on the PowerPoints. Um, so I'm not doing as many speaking engagements outside. Um, versus online. So I do, I do some online things as well, but I'm not doing as many. Um, just because you're right, that's hard to juggle so much. Right. So, sure. but I do love doing that when they come up. And as far as, you know, writing, I kind of fell into that. I mean, this last book was my, my fourth book, Enjoying Food Peace, but the first, the very first book was a cookbook. And the way that it just happened because I would give my clients like, Here's a sheet with a recipe, like a handout, like, oh, you want a recipe for whatever, you know, chicken marsala here. Here's a sheet. I'm, I'm as, as if you're seeing me right now. I'm like, I'm like handing you a sheet as if you're <laughs> side of my desk. Like, this is really funny. So I'm like, here, have a piece of paper. And so literally I'd be giving recipes out all the time. And, um, you know, then I'd say to somebody, oh, so how was the recipe? You know, oh, you know, I didn't make it. I don't know where the sheet is. Oh, do you have another one? And I'd have this big like file folder with all these recipes. And I'm like, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to put this all into a book. And if they want, they can buy the book. <laughs> because you know how it works. When somebody pays for something, then they value that a whole lot more than when something's free. <laughs> so sure. 
I mean, I went with just a very like a cookbook publishing company, which is sort of like a company that if you your local synagogue or church or temple or something, you know, wanted to put or a fundraiser together kind of book. Right. So it wasn't fancy or anything like that. That was my very, very first cookbook. And it was so fun because I, I sold it most, mainly to people in my office. I didn't have an um, online um, practice at the time. So it was like people would come in. Oh, yeah, let me buy that. It wasn't expensive or anything. Um, and then my second book was, um, so I have a lot of clients who celebrate Passover, Jewish holiday Passover. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I would have them, they would say to me, oh my God, Passover is coming. Oh my God, I'm going to gain 10 pounds. Oh my God, I can't eat what I really love. And I was like, hold on, back up. Yes, you can. So I decided to put a Passover uh, cookbook together and really show them how with a few tweaks, you really can enjoy your traditional foods on the holiday. And so that was my very second book. And I learned from all the things I did wrong in the first book, like (laughs) ingredients were out of order, like things like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Fix that up in the second book. And and that's when I used an online self-publishing firm to help me with that. Um, So that's called Passover the Healthy Way. And that was, that's really fun. And I still sell that today. That's a couple of years old though. Um, and then the third book is called My Supermarket Sidekick, Your Aisle by Aisle Shopping Guide. And again, I never planned to write any of these books, right? So, so the way that one was born was I used to actually go with my clients to the supermarket and go up and down the aisle and teach them how to choose products and things like that. And it got to a point where I didn't have time to do that anymore. And it was costly for the client, right? So I said, you know what? I'm going to put that into a book as if, you know, you're shopping with me. But instead of in person, everything I would be saying to you in person, it's now in a book. And so that's how that book was born. And it's it's a smaller size book. So it fits into your pocketbook or your knapsack. And there's also a Kindle version. So you can pop it open on your phone when you're in the supermarket. And it answers all your questions about nutrition and labels. And just, I'm in the, you know, I'm in the whatever produce aisle i'm in the meat aisle i'm in the dairy aisle you know everything you might need to know about foods that you find in that aisle so um that was that that book was born and my final book um the enjoying food piece that one was very interesting because the truth is that one i was working on for many 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 years like six seven years or something like that um because it's not a full-time job right it's just it's so um every time i could I'd, I'd kind of start re- working on the recipes and you know what my interns were very very interested in it so we ended up putting together a cookbook team this was this is the book that you have this book right I yes that i do yeah. i love this book so so thank you so this is the book that i am so so super proud of and really want to be known for um so i put this this team together of these interns and myself and um, I create recipes and then I say, okay, so now everybody would take a stack of recipes and they would um, prepare them. And then we come together every Tuesday in my test kitchen, which was basically the kitchen in my house. And um, we'd all bring our products and then we'd sit and we would taste and then we would evaluate for taste and texture and flavor and all of those things. And we, I had, I had worksheets. We'd write up a worksheet and evaluation. What kind of changes should we be making? And then if we recommended some changes in spices or herbs or whatever, we'd come back and redo that recipe and then come back again. So this happened over so many years. It was fun, actually, really a lot of fun. Um, and then we did food photography, we took pictures. And so over time, it evolves into what you are holding today. So um, it didn't actually start out as a cookbook with the theme of intuitive eating. But as I said, over the years, my philosophy changed. And mm-hmm. so when philosophy change and how I, what I believe and what I practice, I had to bring that to the book as well. So in the last year, I made a lot of changes to what I thought was completed recipes or, or these head notes where you, a head note is when you like describe a little bit about the recipe first. Um, I had to change things because then I was, as I was going through it, I noticed, oh, the head note sounds a little bit like there's diet messages there or diet oh. How to switch that out and reach, you know, change it. These are all the things you have to really look for. You have to be careful about, right? Because I, right. I want to send the right message because basically the recipe, the, the, the message with this book is that you can absolutely eat all the foods you love, right? So as a dieter, people think they can't eat certain foods and that's not the case at all. And with this book, you'll see there's a variety of books, uh, recipes all the way from like, what is it? Soups and salads through desserts mm-hmm. and 
so many things that as a dieter, you'd look at that and oh, I can't have that. I'm like, right. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, peppered through the book, I put some intuitive eating wisdom and really reviewed the principles because, you know, when you read a principle of intuitive eating or a little blurb that I have there, that kind of gets into your subconscious. And we do know the subconscious drives our actions, right? So that was really my thought for, for putting in some intuitive eating wisdom as well. Well, I think that's my favorite part because that's the one thing that stuck out to me every as I was going through here. And I, I loved how it spread throughout, you know, your intuitive eating wisdom is spread throughout <laughs> the book. And it like makes the the reader want to keep going and see what recipes are next and see what tidbits mm. are next. So I loved that, that you spread it out throughout all the different chapters of all the different recipes that you have in there. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm so proud of it. So proud of it. Thank you. You should be well, And I, and I think your recipes are very, they're so approachable and they're very like realistic for the at home cook that is, you know, not going to shop for all the crazy fancy ingredients. Mm-hmm. So I think that I'm really it. glad you said that because I am a busy lady and I don't have time. What, what is this ingredient? I don't even know how to pronounce it. And where am I going to find it? Right. I'm really about easy. And um, so that's important. Thank you for, for noticing that. Like just this week, um, I was on vacation last week. So I came back this week and I'm like, oh, my God, we have no food in the house. I have to cook for the week because I really try to cook in advance. So my family has dinners because if I work late, you know, they don't want them coming home and they're like, ah, oh, fridge is empty. What's for dinner? Right. Mm-hmm. So advance. So like on Sunday, I did some food shopping and I cooked. I made the tofu burgers. I don't know if you like tofu, but if you don't, if you do the recipe, I don't remember what pages I don't have the I mean, but um, the tofu burgers, I, and actually I was a little tired, so I didn't want to make it into burgers. So I actually made it into a loaf. Oh, it was, nice. It was so yummy. I made the shakshuka and I made, which we're going to eat tonight, the eggplant casserole. Let mm-hmm. me tell you something. Like, it's really funny because I mean, my husband was like part of the taste testing. Every time I'd cook, he would get to eat it. Right. He loved that part. <laughs> um, and, and so last night he said, when we finished dinner, he says, Wow, this is really good. You're pretty good in the kitchen. <laughs> well, thank you. I do have a cookbook, you know. Yeah. Um, but all all the recipes, I don't always have the time to cook, you know, real recipes and stuff like that. But when I do, they're so delicious and they're really easy. So they are. I made the lentil stuffed tomatoes this past week mm. and they were amazing. And oh, I also good. made the fruit cobbler. That was a that was yes. a really good rest like i felt like i was eating grandma's fruit cutler so right yeah oh. so good yeah. i love i love kind of like i also like the mediterranean kind of take you have on a lot of your your recipes mm-hmm. with the vegetables and you know the olive oil and i i think that's kind of a lot where we're headed even in dietetics is kind right, of right. more of that plant-based and so it's a very user-friendly, it's a dietitian friendly I've given recipes out to some of my clients too, because mm. they've been asking for easy kind of plant-based recipes, Mediterranean recipes. So I've shared, I've shared a couple and I've shared your book too, to, to order it for them because I feel like it's a front to back, great resource for people in their kitchen. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I, I- Personally, my eating style lends more towards Mediterranean, vegetarian. Um, that's my personal preference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it isn't to say I won't eat, you know, a little chicken here or there, but it's not my preference. And so I probably it's why you found that with the recipes in the book, that it leaned more towards that. Well, I need to eat more that way. So you're helping me do that. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay, well, you can try those tofu burgers. and I will. Um, okay. <laughs> I will. I want to. That's one thing. Like tofu is tough for people. It's kind of a tough sell. So yeah, you know, yeah. If, if you can give them a good recipe that you know works and tastes good, then I that's something totally. I probably need to just make. I work in retail, so I should just make it up and have people try it out in the store and see how it goes. Right. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. I will let you in on a little secret. I actually have a volume two of the book. Um, we kind of like I'm working on it. The, I had so many wonderful recipes that when I started to put everything in one book, it was just too big a book and it wasn't, it just didn't feel right. So I decided to um, put it into two volumes. So what you have there is volume one and volume two. Um, I took a little bit of a break because, you know, doing the book is a lot. And then mm-hmm. launching the book was 
pretty exhausting. So I decided to take a couple of months off. So maybe after the summer, I'm going to start um, doing some final edits to volume two and then see where that takes me. So, yeah. Wow. So how do you balance it all for the dietitian li- listening to you right now going, holy moly, uh, so much stuff and balance of family and balance of social life and all that kind of stuff. What's your yeah. words of wisdom? Uh, number one, acknowledge that it's hard and it's never going to be perfect. So that's for sure. Right? <laughs> because I have some days that are easier than others. But what I will tell you is that I have learned in the last couple of years how to say no when I feel that it's not honoring my own self-care. I used to be, you need me to do that? Oh, absolutely. You want me to take you there? Oh, absolutely. You need an appointment? Okay, fine. And I would put them in on my lunch break or whatever, right? And I finally said, that's not good for me. I don't feel right. I don't feel well when I don't put myself at the top. I don't mean being self, self, selfish, right? I don't mean Mm -hmm. that. But I mean that if I know that if I say yes to somebody, but that'll make it harder for me later and I'm going to be exhausted or resentful or frustrated, then I have to say, you know what? I can't do that for you now. I could do it for you later, or I could do it tomorrow or next week. Um, It took a lot to learn how to do that. And I can't say that it's always something that I'm able to do, but when I can, I do. So I think that's really important. I also take the time every single day to um, move my body and exercise because it's really, for me, definitely releases stress. It just keeps my head clear and I just feel so much better. So when I don't get to move my body in the morning, I find that my day drags a whole lot more. And what's interesting is that I've done that for a lot, a lot of years. And my kids started to really learn, oh, okay, mommy's exercising now and then we'll go to the park or, (laughs) you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. They just know that that's my time. And I think that's important because here's the thing, like when you take care of yourself and really learn how to do that balance, you're better for the people who rely on you, right? You're working more of, of a place of abundance. Um, I will say that sometimes work does get, I mean, it always gets really busy. And so sometimes um, I am tired, I'm exhausted. And I need sometimes my husband to remind me <laughs> to say, it's time for you to stop working, you know? Um <laughs> So, yeah, there's no perfection in it. That's for sure. Is it hard for you to take time off? When you say time off, do you mean like during the work week or just to say, hey, I'm going on vacation? <laughs> because, Either or. Even, yeah. you know, because it's, it's, uh, I would think your, your schedule is probably pretty planned each week. So you're not like, oh, it's afternoon. I'm just going to cancel everybody and reschedule. Oh, yeah, probably, I can't do that. Yeah, no, that like I, happen for you. My <laughs> schedule is right. Like on a Sunday and I say, well, let me see what's going on for the week. I mean, I know there's no room for not moving. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. I do. I do leave Tuesdays as a day that I don't book clients generally. And it's a day that is um, I work on projects. I catch up on other things that I have to do work wise, which is, uh, you know, a lot versus face to face patient care. Right. But I will mm-hmm. Tuesdays if I need to have a doctor's appointment or take my child somewhere um, or so Tuesdays um, and Fridays, I have those two days. So I really book clients Mondays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, full, full days. Um, and then Tuesdays and Fridays, I do the other stuff and the other projects. So I try my writing when I do writing, blog writing and other things, working on the cookbook, things like that. Um, I try to save for those days where I could really like um, block out a certain amount of time and focus on that because it's not possible to do that stuff on days that I have appointments with clients. Mm-hmm. But vacations, I love taking vacations. I don't take enough vacation, but I do <laughs> love taking vacations. And so what I got really good at is when I go on vacation, I tell my clients, I'll see you in a week. And um, I really honor that. So I don't check email. I don't listen to messages. I don't call in for messages. And I do have like uh, my membership program. We have a private closed Facebook group. Um, I used to check the Facebook group and sometimes post in it. I don't do that anymore. I let them know that I'm going to be away from this date to this day. And I'll see you on Monday when I get back. And I do have a community manager um, who's in that group that can kind of answer any questions that people have. But they really, they are, oh, I love my clients because they're like, Bonnie, you deserve it. Go, don't think about us, you know, whatever. So it's, it's, 
Although I will say that I, I, it was hard for me to stay away from them because I love them so much. We're like a family, that, that little oh, group. Sure. And um, last week I was on vacation and um, my last, no, the second to last day of vacation, I actually um, went into the Facebook. I posted a picture of me in the pool, relaxing <laughs> um, and just saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. Hope you're all having a good week. That kind of thing, you know. Um, sure. They were all so sweet. I'm like, oh, thanks for thinking of us. You look like you're having such a relaxing time. You know, that kind of thing. So it was nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. That's yeah. so great, though. That's good that you're you probably need to take more, but it's good that you do set your boundaries as well. I do. That was one of the conversations my husband and I had. Like we, we try to, I try to have those serious conversations when we go away because we never have those conversations when we're both working like crazy. So I was like, you know what? This is so nice. We really need to do more vacations during the year. And to my surprise, he agreed. So I'm like, oh, so maybe we'll go away again in November, which we have never done, but I'm hoping. <laughs> so that's good. You definitely should. That's yeah. If you're in that mindset, that means you need to move forward too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so good yeah well it's been so fun i mean i feel like i could talk to you about ten thousand different things and yeah we just don't have enough time but i think that you are one person that if anybody is looking for any advice on private practice or clinical dietetics or writing a book or any of those things that you're a fantastic person to reach out to or intern with or anything like that absolutely it'd be my pleasure i love love helping and guiding people for sure and where I know that you do have your books on your website, is there another location that people can purchase? Are they on Amazon? Yes, actually, um, my books are all on Amazon. Um, the, th the three books are currently live. So Passover the Healthy Way, My Supermarket Sidekick and Enjoying Food Peace are all on Amazon. So you can um, shoot over there and pick up your copy. And if you would be so kind to put a review on Amazon after you love it. That would be so fun for me <laughs> to read and appreciate it because it kind of bumps it up. So that would be great. Absolutely. Um, I'll, have, I'll have to do that for you for sure. Thank you. <laughs> and I will yeah. also, I also have a special link for you, for your listeners, for 10% okay. my Enjoying Food Peace book. So if I didn't send that your way yet, I will send you that link and maybe you can put that in the show notes for people. So I would be happy to. Yeah, yes. that would be um, a link which will, um, it's not to Amazon, but it would be a link to um, purchase the book at 10% off from my website. Um, and it's a special link. Okay. And then you would get a signed copy and 10%. Off, so very good. Yes. Please email that to me and I'll put that in the show notes when your okay. podcast is on for sure. Totally. Well, I, I love chatting with you. I love learning about you. I love your cookbook. I, I seriously, I don't, I'm not a cookbook person at all and I'm not a cook. So I just really resonated with your book and I really, really loved it. So I hope oh, you know, thank it, you. it means a lot to me. It's going to go up and I don't have a lot of cookbooks in my kitchen. So it'll be in my kitchen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Well, that means so much to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I'll just mention my website for anybody who wants to like learn more about what I do and my programs is brghealth.com. And that's my main website. And, um, okay. you know, for intuitive eating, because it's such a love of mine, I do have, um, I have all my intuitive eating work housed on another uh, website called dietfreeradiantme.com, but that can be accessed from my main website anyway. But yeah, so for people who are interested or dietitians are like, oh, let me see what she's doing and just, you know, get some ideas. So absolutely check out my stuff. Yeah, I'll link both of those on there too as well in the show notes. Excellent. Okay. All right. Brilliant. I have a few hard questions for you before oh, I let no. you go. Okay. <laughs> so will you share with me some of the foods that you enjoy? Yes, 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 yes. Eggplant, eggplant, anything eggplant. Love eggplant. So that's why I actually said earlier to you with you, I made an eggplant casserole, um, roasted grilled eggplant, anything you could do with eggplant. Um, I love it's so versatile. I know. And it's so weird, right? Like I recently said that to someone on like your favorite music. It's really weird. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just love it. <laughs> I will say that I also love ice cream. So there, put it out there to millions. We're of good. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have yeah. the beverages that you enjoy? Uh, so really the only beverages I drink, I drink water, 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 of course, but I really do enjoy coffee. So my morning coffee, I will not do without. I can. You but I won't. <laughs> so it's probably hard to get through your day without a little coffee. 
Yeah, I really, I do. I love, I love my coffee, my Keurig machine. So that's my Keurig machine. <laughs> so I just, I just found a really new flavor called marshmallow mocha or mocha marshmallow. I forget. Um, but I'm really loving that. Um, and then of course, I love my glass of white wine on occasion. So. Yeah. On vacation, right? <laughs> oh, no, on, on occasion, but also on, on occasion. occasion. <laughs> oh. yeah. uh, do you have a favorite color or colors? I love purple. For some reason, I'm drawn to purple, lavender colors. I feel like they're, they put me at ease. They relax me. So I love purple. And as I'm saying that, I'm realizing now it didn't even occur to me that my father's favorite color is purple, too. And you wouldn't think that for a guy. But I just thought of that now. Huh, gotta tell them. Interesting. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Do you have a favorite scent or smell? So now that it's the summertime, I'm really loving the beach oh. scents. You know, so anything that reminds me of you, beach or the boardwalk, those kinds of things. So like I, I have these Bath and Body Works after shower lotions, and that's kind of what I'm smothering on me now. Boardwalk scents and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, that. That's a good smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I like now. I mean, not a dirty beach smell, but you know, a free. Yeah, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, not like, hey, girl, you need a shower. You smell like suntan lotion. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then what brings you joy in life, Bonnie? Mm, my family, my children. I didn't mention I have three grandchildren. So. Oh, wow. I do. I do. Let me put a shout out to my, my boys, Evan, who's six, and Zach, who's three, and my little new granddaughter, Katie, who's only three months old. Aw, how sweet. You, yeah. have a, you have a busy family life, too. I know, right? Four kids, three grandkids. My two oldest sons are married, and my two daughters are still single. but They're still young, so that's okay. <laughs> but that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll give them time. Um, but that <laughs> spending time with them and my family and my kids, it's just it just brings me the most joy ever. So yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for spending time today and like we'll link everything for all your fantastic work and thanks for all you do for our profession. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for having me and on and talking. I love it. Thank you so much. And best of luck to you and all that you do. This lady, uh, she can do it all. She is so amazing and she makes it seem very seamless and flawless. I highly encourage you to go check out her website, brghealth.com for all the great information and resources she has. She also has a wonderful blog. She writes that each week with great tips that you can also share even with your clients. I do truly love her cookbook. I've made quite a few things from it lately, and I know that I'm trying to eat a little bit more plant-based a couple days a week, and I did try the tofu burgers, and they are, they're delicious. I was kind of shocked. I, no lie, I thought they were really good. So I linked the special code, the 10% off code for her book in the show notes. I highly recommend you purchase this great cookbook, if not for yourself, even for your clients. And that's brghealth.com slash 10% off book. So again, order that cookbook. It's also in the show notes. My website, annelizabethardy.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts. My book is also available for purchase on my website, and there are now 15 CEUs approved for self-study through the CDR, which you can purchase on the website, too. I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.